Welcome to the Tear Out the Tags podcast, where you learn to remove the labels that are holding you back. Let's get started. Today, we have a special guest, Andy Storch, on the show, and Andy has been generous enough to actually interview me for Tear Out the Tags. We are going to cover why the podcast is starting and what the mission is of Embolden Label. Andy, welcome to the show, and I'm going to pass the baton to you as our special host for today. Oh, B, thank you so much. I am so excited about this. I'm honored to be in this position to be able to grab the mic and interview you about this groundbreaking show. Um, you know, when you told me all about it, I thought there is such a need for this in the marketplace. Uh, I know there are a lot of people, especially a lot of women who need help from you and the guests that you're going to be bringing on the show. And so I'm excited to, to see what you do with it. But I, I think it would be important to start with people understanding, you know, the impetus for all of this. Like why are you starting this podcast and why are you doing it now? Yes. I spent the majority of my life wearing different hats. And I always had a lot of different desires and interests. And so I would find myself, whether it be competing in a lot of different types of sports or a lot of different types of hobbies, and it turned into a lot of different career paths. I don't know if many of my listeners know, but I was in the oil and gas industry, which is a very specific branded industry, very male dominant. And at that same time, I was also dancing in the NBA as a cheerleader. So I went from this rugged, hard handshake, showing up with a lot of strength and wearing a really hardened and tough role to hair and makeup and glam and being extremely girly girl. Yeah. Yeah. Polar opposite. You know, even at that time in my life, I felt like I had one foot in one world and one foot in another world. And I was very much branded and assumed upon both of those roles. And there was always this person in me screaming to be seen as who I really am. And so as I navigated through life, I really started to notice how we all have a habit of labeling people and making assumptions about who they are, judging them. Uh, Yet we all don't like how it feels to be judged um, or to be labeled. And so one day I, I actually had an opportunity to step out of my oil and gas job, my long standing career. And I went and facilitated a VP training for a very large corporation. And it was like this opportunity of a lifetime. It was um, something I just found that I was naturally good at. And my mentor saw in me something that I couldn't see in myself. Well, that trip, I had to wear a business suit and I didn't own a business suit. And so I, you know, got a business suit, flew to LA the morning of the training, I was ready to go and you know, I was way outside my comfort zone. So I had those good nerves, but I also just was confident and feeling like I was going to kill this opportunity and just really start a new road in my journey. And so during that day of training, I realized there was an itchy tag scratching the back of my neck and all day long, it distracted me all day long. It was sort of a reminder that you know, you really don't belong here. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk a lot in our industry about imposter syndrome and sort of the more you accomplish and the higher you climb, the more you feel like you don't deserve to be there or you're not qualified. And that certainly showed up that day. So when I left that meeting, um, luckily I did succeed. I avoided the potential distraction that it could have caused, but I realized it was such a metaphor of the labels that we adopt and collect through our lives. And that very easily could have made me 
fly home back to Colorado and say, I'm a failure. I, I don't belong in there. I was way outside my league and, and crawl back into that comfort zone of um, an oil and gas accounting job in a back office, which doesn't suit who I am naturally. And so Tear Out the Tags was born of that event. And I really recognize that there are people pleasers and empaths and perfectionists and overthinkers. The feelers of the world, I think, oftentimes get stuck in these roles where they're required to wear hats that have been handed to them. That is the mission of the podcast is getting people to understand that labels are sort of swirling around you on a daily basis and you get to choose what you want to wear and what you don't want to wear and how those labels and tags are defined inside of you. And it's okay to, that we wore these labels in the past, right? We grew up in certain environments surrounded by certain people. We were forced into certain situations or volunteered for certain situations and felt like we needed to adopt these labels or we felt uncomfortable. And I'm curious you know, growing up in a very conservative family, working in oil and gas, very male dominated industry um, with you being not only a woman in a very male dominant, male dominated industry, but, you know, frankly, a very attractive woman who's also dancing in the NBA, that sort of thing. What did that force you? What sort of labels did you put on and where did you maybe hide yourself or change the way you were to adapt? I think that a lot of times women in a corporate or work environment have a tendency to put a little too much weight and pressure on the fact that they're female. Mm. I will not lie to you. I definitely had situations happen that were unsafe or where um, certain things were said to me that were inappropriate. I actually had an employee who texted me his contact, uh, like in his phone, how he had me stored in his contact. And he had found some old pictures of me from a swimsuit calendar on Google. And the way that the photos were placed were very inappropriate. Mm. It was very much sexual harassment. And you do in some ways feel targeted and sort of defenseless and objectified. But that's not just in the oil and gas industry as an attractive female either. You know, there's certainly other safety precautions I've had to take in the MBA and also just in my daily life. One thing I will say about being in a family business is no matter how hard you work and no matter how much you feel you're contributing, you will always be a shadow power. And I, ha I was very lucky to have parents who valued what I did and who have always supported me. Actually, they've always known that I could do much more than work in the family business. But as a shadow power, um, and our friend Michelle Williams, this is something that she talks about, you know, there was a lot for me of feeling unseen, but I also plugged into a career path that was not suited for my natural personality. And it's important that people know I didn't have a family that put pressure on me to join the family business. I hit rubber on the road at a very young age and I was newly married and we had mountains and mountains of debt and I went begging to my family for a job. So, you know, they quite literally rescued me by, by giving me a very generous and fantastic career. But that being said, I think a lot of us end up in career paths that aren't necessarily our dream jobs. You know, when we're young or 18 or we're 25, how many of us really know where we want to end up? How many of us really know what career path is going to suit 
the natural talents and tendencies that we have. So that's, you know, a little bit of my history. I'm, I'm curious to get back to you starting this podcast and the business you're going into now. And, you know, really it's kind of like a movement that you're creating. And I know there's a lot of content you're creating around this. There's a book in the plans, things like that. What sort of limiting beliefs um, have you had to move past or tags are you tearing out in order to go forward and, and start this now? A lot. Um, I am an absolute poster child for tear out the tags. I probably first and foremost has been uh, the fear of success, which I think is not talked about often enough. We talk a lot about fear of failure, but for some odd reason, there's this fear of stepping out and, and building my own platform and building my own business and really being able to affect and change lives. Um, as you know, when you have a platform to develop people and, and lift people up, it, that comes with an immense amount of pressure to live how you preach. And so there's, there's an element of that. I wear the tag that says a man has to be at the center of my success. And I have a lot of rooted stuff underneath that, that I've been lucky enough to uncover and find the deeper tags that are stacked underneath that. But um, that's been the biggest challenge for me to overcome partially being a shadow power in a family business and having a really strong uh, father and mother who built this amazing business. I also have to overcome that imposter syndrome. You know, do I really belong here? Why, why would anyone listen to me over wonderful Andy Storch and the people that are working in similar spaces? And finally, you know, I think one of my really big tags is just being an overthinker. I have a tendency to really self-sabotage and, and it doesn't always make sense. It's sort of a loop that is bad self-talk and, and old bad habits. And, you know, I think that's the important part for uh, my audience to hear is we have these foreign language tags that don't really make sense. So, you know, we'll wear them because somewhere we adopted them, but they're either misdefined or they're just wrong and completely need to be torn out. And I think that, you know, it, the tags and, and related to limiting beliefs and things that hold people back, fears, something I've studied and talked about a lot as well in my own show, uh, is that the important thing to remember is most of them are not logical, but they are adopted by us. You know, when you say my tag is that I need a man to be at the center of my business or what I'm doing, it's easy for a feminist or anyone to say like, you don't need a man. You can do this on your own. Your women are just as powerful as men. You know, logically, yes, that, that is true. Right. But from your experience and your background, that is the way that you, you have operated and you feel. So that's something that you have to break through to move past. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually, uh, about a year and a half ago, I had a very, very good friend who is a brilliant woman, very accomplished single woman, um, and she one day asked me, are you still working for your dad? And I think it's interesting because when you work for a family company, my mother is a powerhouse in the company. Yet my entire career for 18 years, I have been asked, do you work for your dad? Even once I became an owner, no matter how much I earned or worked or achieved within the company, I was always asked, do you work for your dad? So it was almost a moment of pride for me to say, no, I actually don't work there anymore. I actually have taken a step out. I've taken a silent role. And with a moment's breath, she said, oh, so are you working for your husband? <laughs> and it was like, 
that tag started like burning inside of me, right? I call it an, like a, an emotional injury. And, you know, she meant no harm by asking this question. And also this is someone who's highly accomplished without any kind of male influence. Yet for whatever reason, I felt the weight of that question really heavily. Um, and the reason is because it pinged that tag inside of me. It's interesting. And it's, that just reminds me of, you know, just stopping at the tags and limiting beliefs and things that hold us back is that when we're talking to other people, it's so important to try to lead with curiosity instead of assumptions, just asking a question like that. So are you working for your husband? It's so loaded. It can be so offensive, even though she was just asking. Um, and maybe because she hadn't seen you start your own thing before she thought, well, you're probably working for somebody else and it's probably in the family. Um, but all she had to do was ask, well, what are you doing now working on now instead of are you working for your husband right or you know just there's so many different ways to go with that it just reminds me curiosity is so important people make so many assumptions that quite frankly can hurt relationships just like that had the potential to do there obviously you've had some work to do on your own um as you get started with this you know people are going to be watching you following you um I've had to deal with my own uh, imposter syndrome, fear of judgment and rejection. Uh, how are you dealing with that right now? And how do you move past that to put the content out there to create the podcast and the brand that you want to create to actually make a difference? My biggest fear in that, well, and, and you and I can both speak to this, that when you release content, it is one of the most vulnerable feelings. You, you sort of in the beginning hoard your content because you think it's good and you love it, but you have no idea how it's going to land. You have no idea who's going to like it. Initially, I don't think you even know who you're, who you're speaking to. And there's a testing phase. There's a testing phase of, you know, you just wrote a, a fabulous book and you write this book and you think, okay, Who's going to read this book? Like, is this going to be the change and the help that I'm look, going to look out into the world and give? And, and there's a lot of confronting emotions around that. I think that in this society that we live in, we're talking about mental health. And I think it's a serious conversation. And I think we're also talking on the other spectrum of limiting beliefs, right? And limiting beliefs are just sort of blockers of our goals and our dreams. With tear out the tags, it's, it is a very large spectrum of what you can be wearing that isn't necessarily a limiting belief and isn't necessarily these, the, the weight of anxiety and depression and mental illness. And, um, you know, I am a divorcee. And if you navigate through the divorce world, you will hear many women say that their ex-husband is a narcissist. And you will hear many men say that their ex-wife has borderline personality disorder. The, the truth of the matter underneath that is all of us have toxic behaviors that we take with us when we go, and that's including leaving a relationship or, or leaving a job. You know in corporate development just as well that there are people that you cannot reach sometimes. They're not willing to face the change that needs to happen inside of them. And so these labels are, are blocking us. If you are in the workplace, and you are a CEO and you are labeled a narcissist, nothing is helping you propel forward and actually seek the change in relationships that you need in order to 
cultivate this new perspective on your life and how others perceive you. So in the world of tear out the tags, there's so much missing that we're not having a conversation about. And to your point, we don't talk about the expectations of what it was like to be raised Andy Storch in the town that you were from, or B. Evans from Douglas, Wyoming. And we aren't talking about the foreign language bullies that you came into contact with. We're not, we're not talking about, you know, those, those moments in your history that derailed your ability to go after a dream or your ability to have a healthy relationship. And, and there's many other areas. Um, one of them is brand. When you look at Andy Storch, you learn a handful of things. What you look like, if I'm lucky enough to have a conversation with you, I learn what you do for a living and the fact that you're a dad and a husband and that you are um, a fitness enthusiast, right? You may tell me these things. So I'm able to very quickly make a brand association about Andy Storch. And again, it's based on my experience. So I may be intimidated by what Andy has accomplished, uh, where Andy may brand me as an oil and gas, you know, blue collar type worker, and he may brand me in a completely different way. It's not positive or negative. And unfortunately, we do this as humans. It is human nature to meet someone and make and sort of make snap assumptions. Yeah, you're right. And we, we all do that. And that actually have a, a chapter. I appreciate you mentioned my book on your career, on your life. I have a chapter in the book about building your personal and professional brand. And the idea is that we all have a brand or reputation, whether we like it or not. So we might as well be intentional about that. doesn't mean be fake. I'm really big on authenticity, uh, but do things to influence that when you're creating your brand. Um, Also funny that I just had a conversation yesterday with a new potential client who told me yesterday that her ex-husband is a narcissist, coincidentally. Um, I don't know her that well, and I don't know her ex-husband, so I don't know anything. There's no judgment in that statement. Just letting you know that she specifically said that to me, which I thought was quite funny. Yes. Um, is not uncommon. Right. And maybe is, maybe it's not right. Um, we all have our opinions of, of people and, you know, they probably have a deep experience of each other. That's, that's going to be hard to move past. And we all have our own lives. And you made the point that, and I've gone through some programs to learn and do so much uh, deep work on myself that we have so much that has influenced our lives, our parents, our peers, our friends, our upbringing, the town we grew up in, the area, our spouse, our siblings, um, church, school, community. There's just so many influences. We just don't think about that and the decisions we make that are based on those things and the tags that other people put on us and the tags that we put on ourselves. Um, So I know you have been changing some tags, tearing out some tags to be a total role model for this. You know, I know you're not perfect. I'm not perfect, right? You're on this journey with everybody else. Um, One of the things you mentioned, we had a conversation about this yesterday. I'm curious if you could talk about is um, you put a big emphasis on changing your name or using a different name related to the tags that you've had. I wonder if you could talk about that. As far as the name that I go by? Yeah. Yeah. So I was born and named a Brittany and I, I'm a millennial. Okay. That I'm willing to wear that tag and growing up in a, in a generation where there were millions of Britneys and then all of a sudden Britney Spears enters the scene. So for Mm. my entire life, even into my thirties, 
people would say, oh, like Britney Spears. And it was always the most ironic statement to me because it was like, I would be in a classroom with four other Britneys. It'd be like Britney A, Britney B, Britney M, and Britney R, right? It was such a common name, yet we were all, you know. She had one of the biggest brands in the world. So it's yeah, what people thought of. Yeah. But didn't name. necessarily have the brand that I wanted to be associated with. And right. interestingly enough, no one ever called me Britney. I was always called Brit or B. Um, mm. You know, it's like my friends would always call me these nicknames. And my, my husband and I got married and my initials became B-E-E because my last name is now Evans. And so even more so people started calling me B and it just felt so good to be called the name that I like to be called. And it was sort of this like butterfly process. Like I'm doing my own development and I'm doing all of this like amazing work. It's sort of an exhausting process to be so focused on tearing out the tags and really defining what I wear and what I'm intentional about living my life as. And so getting that sort of like new name, I I totally call it a midlife crisis, even though I'm not quite to the midlife, we'll call it an early midlife crisis. But you know, it was one of those things where one day I had to ask myself, if I dislike being, being related to Britney Spears, even well into my thirties and no one knows how to spell my name, why am I introducing myself as Britney? When Hmm. what I like and appreciate is going by B, it's fun, it's lighthearted, and it's really a a definition of what I'm becoming. You know, my company originally started as Can You Be, and the the acronym was Believe, Endure, Evolve. And that has absolutely Hmm. been the process of tearing out tags because you have to believe first that you are not what someone has told you repeatedly through your whole life you know, you are this, you are this, you're unworthy, you're unlovable. Um, And it it can be directly told to you and it can be implied. But regardless, you have to believe that you are worthy. You have to believe that you are successful. You have to believe that you're talented, that you have dreams, that you are allowed to have dreams. Um, And the endurance part is just because you tear a tag out once does not mean you're not going to pick it up when you're having a weak moment and reattach it. So there's an endurance portion of that where you continue to pull the garbage off of you and throw it, throw it away. I actually keep all my tags in a little jar that has a spinning tornado like in it. It's a totally a bizarre craft project, but I like to see that the tags that I've pulled off of myself and how they've collected. Um, to me, that's a really empowering thing to see. What, what am I losing? What have I decided that I am shedding and getting rid of? And then the evolve part is when you first start to change and show up differently with your family and friends, you'll be shocked at the heavy, thick rubber band that gets thrown around you. And even if people want to see change in you, it's uncomfortable for them, just like it's uncomfortable for us. And so you will get that resistance initially. And so the evolve process is so much about pushing through the discomfort of expanding that comfort zone and really showing up differently and being proud of, you know, what you're becoming and what you're accomplishing. We talk so much in, in the people development space about the word change. And 
Change is a big word. It makes us feel like we have to let go of who we are. But I like to think of it as progress and growth. And when we just can finite and like put some pressure on some of those qualities that we have and learn and develop where our strengths help help us and where our weaknesses help us and, and how to hone those skills, you really become unstoppable because you can then own I wear tags that aren't necessarily things that other people would be proud to wear, but I now have accepted and I actually, you know, I own it. I now wear the tag millennial very proudly. And I used to, I was one of those people that was like, I'm not a millennial. I was born in the later, you know, like in the earlier portion of that. It used to be more derogatory. Now it's the largest percentage of the workforce. I think people have led up on the you know, let's criticize millennials, but there was a, for a time, uh, a major tag put on the millennial generation. Yes. They were late. Yeah. They didn't work and, and things like that. So I could see that. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I, you said so much great stuff there. And I think one of the most important, I didn't know about the, the name and how it was initials. Um, you reminded me of a, a fun fact that has nothing to do with any of this. Um, but you know, uh, <laughs> Jeb Bush, who is the former Republican governor of Florida and uh, George W. Bush's older brother, People think his name is Jeb, but it actually is his initials. I think his name is John Edward Bush, something like that. Uh, people don't realize that's actually not his I think he's just been going by that his whole life. Um, anyway, I, I think that it was really cool to hear that story. And I think one of the most important things you talked about there is I love that you do the craft project and have the tags there because what's really important in all this is the self-awareness. It's recognizing our tags, our strengths, our weaknesses, how our strengths can become weaknesses, you know, where certain things are holding us back. And instead of blaming other people, it's recognizing the situation we're in. And then if we're doing work, if we are doing that deep work to improve ourselves and grow, oftentimes we don't stop and notice the progress that we have made. It's so important. Uh, and by you putting those tags in there, you can go back and say, oh yeah, I used to be like that. Oh, I used to just settle for the name Brittany, even I didn't like it. I used to label myself as this or give in to, and I don't do that anymore. And now I'm able to move on and do this. And then you can still talk about those things and show people where you came from because you're on a mission to help so many other people tear out those tags. I think it's important that they see that you have done your own work, that you're on this journey as well to tear those tags out. And you're not just someone that was born perfect because none of us are, right? You've had to do the no. work to tear out the tags to get to where, and you have seen how helpful that can be and you want to help other people, right? So can you talk about going forward, right? We've talked about where you've come from, the mission of this podcast and this movement you're starting and what do you hope to achieve with all of this? Yeah, I, my goal in this is to get people using this language because I think it's powerful and it, I think it would help people lose some of those major tags like narcissism and personality disorder and anxiety and depression. I want to hear the next generation and I want to hear us as, as parents raising young kids talking about resilience and power and talent and superpowers. I want the next generation of youth to have language where they're able to focus on those positive tags and very quickly drop the negative stuff. I will tell you as a parent, Andy, I watch children get tagged on, on a daily basis and I'm guilty of it. I'm yep. guilty of tagging my kids, oh my right? They're, you know, when you're frustrated and you say, oh, you're so lazy or, oh, 
you know, you're, you're so difficult or what, whatever it is. Right. And, and sometimes it's much harsher than that. I've heard people in, in local convenience stores or, um, you know, big box retailers. And some of the things that we say to children in a moment of needing to get things done or frustration or, you know, a number of things, most of us that are listening to this podcast right now have many, many tags that have come from our childhood. And luckily we are moving in a direction where we are encouraged to talk about our childhood and how it's affected us. We are now encouraged to pull up those emotions and, you know, plug in our emotional intelligence and really work through those things. There are definitely tags that come from childhood that one of them that I can share with you is the tag cheerleader. I was an athlete growing up. I was raised in an athletic family, but I had this desire to be a cheerleader. So I was a cheerleader in high school um, and I was a professional cheerleader. Through a lot of my experience, there was negative influence over what that tag meant. So much so that I didn't tell anyone that I was a professional cheerleader for 12 years. And I would have people ask me, why don't you talk about this? Why don't you share? This is such an accomplishment. And in my mind, I would, well, I would say out loud, actually, you know, there are many people that do not make you feel like it's an accomplishment. There are many people that make you feel like it's an, an, an embarrassment and that you are looking for negative attention in, in a lot of ways. Um, so here I am, I'm a coach, I'm a mentor, I'm a thought leader, I'm a speaker, And so my job at standing in this body today is to be a professional cheerleader. So I had to take that tag out. I had to redefine it. I had to find the beauty in the professional cheerleading of shaking pom-poms and, and encouraging fans and, you know, doing all the exciting things that it took to do that. And I had to reattach it to me as a positive. It's the same tag, but it did not have the correct definition in me for a long time, probably 20 years. So that's just a, a one tiny example of how, you know, tags are not necessarily all positive or negative. Some of them are just incorrectly defined within us. Yeah. And labels and language are so important mm-hmm. and come with different you know, connotations. And it's funny. I, one of my favorite things to do is cheer people on, root people on both good friends and strangers. You and I have done that for each other since we met probably, you know, six months ago, texting each other, encouragement, things like that. Uh, And I, but I would never wear the label cheerleader. Right. Because I would think of, you know, the people on the sidelines at a football or basketball game. And I never did that. Um, You know, but it's, that's what I'm doing. Right. I love, I'm so excited for you that you're starting this podcast. And and you're an excellent cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I pride myself on that. Um, and yeah, you are starting something amazing and I'm so excited about it and I'm really excited to support you and push you and challenge you and cheer you on. And I cannot wait to see where this goes. Uh, anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? I want everyone to hear that in order to start this process, in order to be someone who successfully identifies defines and wears the tags that you want to wear and drops and tears out the tags you do not want to wear. The number one first thing that you have to do is stop 
vocalizing your own judgments and assumptions of others. We are wired for this, so you will not stop thinking it immediately. But if you stop vocalizing it, the manifestation of your own tags will start to change almost immediately. And if we have a world where we are not walking around slapping judgments and slapping labels and tagging folks that we don't even know or we don't like, right? Because sometimes we tag people we don't like and sometimes we tag people we love. If we can stop tagging other people and leaving garbage behind us for others to pick up, it will change the tags you wear and I wear and everyone else wears almost immediately. It, it begs the question, right? How can you ask or expect others to stop judging you and putting tags on you if you are not willing to make the change and stop judging and putting tags on others? You can't. Like you have to be willing to do the work yourself if you want other people and you have to be willing to root other people on and, and help and support other people if you want them to do the same for you. And if you're going to be making a big change, a big metamorphosis, it's going to take a lot of work and you may not get the support that you want or love from other, you know, that you want from the people around you because they have the tags on you, but you've got to start by doing the work, by being the change that you want to see in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. The biggest humble pie that I ever had to eat was the judgments and assumptions that I made about my first husband's ex-wife. And then when I found myself as a single parent walking through some of the same steps that she had walked in, humble pie. I will Mm. tell you when I had to eat the words of those assumptions and the harshness and the judgments, I'll tell you that was a life-changing experience for me. And it also Mm. taught me that you can have a lot of conflict in between you. You can have a lot of reasons to not like each other but there is a human connection between all of us and there's an ability to get along with virtually everyone. She and I are now very, very good friends. And man, when we talk openly about the nasty things that we said about each other or, you know, the, the ways in which we tried to affect each other's lives negatively, it's confronting. And yes, she will be coming on the show. So you will get to hear that will be a fun one to listen to. That is so powerful. I it just, to be able to, to confront that, to make that realization and to go back and have those difficult conversations and, and develop a relationship and a friendship with her. Um, I think it's what we can all strive for. B, I'm, I'm so excited for what Thank you're creating you. with this um, and for all the people that you're going to help tear out those tags and live a better life. It's going to be fantastic. Anything else anybody needs to know, where can they go to find out more information about what you're doing to make sure they follow along? Yes. Uh, so at Embolden Label on Instagram, you can find daily content. We post every day. And at Tear Out the Tags is the new podcast. And so you can see episode tiles and keep up with the daily podcast. We're going to have special guests every other Friday. And I'm just really excited to dive into the vulnerabilities of these incredible guests that we have coming up and coming very soon. Our site is um, in the development phase and it's www.tearoutthetags.com. Love it. All right. Well, thanks B. Thanks for letting me come on and interview you. And I'm looking forward to coming on the show at some point as well and supporting you and cheering you along. Yes, definitely. Uh, Thank you everybody for listening. Hope you have an awesome day. Thank you, Andy. 
Andy Storch, our host today, is author, consultant, coach, speaker, and facilitator on a mission to get the most out of life and inspire others to do the same. Andy's new book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, dropped on November 16th, 2020, and is available on Amazon. He also has a new podcast called Own Your Career, Own Your Life, and you can find that on Apple under podcasts. We are lucky enough here at the Tear Out the Tags podcast to have six author-signed autographed books available for those of you who want to review the podcast. Every five reviewers will be selected to get a wonderfully signed copy of either Andy's book or one of the many other brilliant authors that we have in our collection. In order to win a signed copy of one of these books, you must follow us on Instagram at emboldenlabel, that's E-M-B-L-D-N label, and email us a picture of your review at hello at emboldenlabel.com. One in every five people will be selected to get a book and we will send it to your address with a happy little note to tear out the tags. Thank you for supporting the mission and we'll talk to you tomorrow.